It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Drops it off LeBanc, leads for Nieto, off of his stick. So, stopped by the goaltender, Ulmark, and he thought about shooting it himself down the ice, but he left it for the D, and the Sharks can forecheck as the penalty on Boston is over. Nieto, nice puck protection there. Cuts behind the net, sends back to the point. Benning, left side, cross ice. Ferraro, the shot, tip, score! Lawrence was in the slot. The puck looked like it glanced off the mask of the goaltender, Ulmark, and went top shelf. But that shot from the point was a beauty, and San Jose has tied this game 2-2. With 5.05 left in the second period, the shot from the right point by Mario Ferraro. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's a 3-2 game going in the third period, and obviously our start was a tough one. You know, we gave up two quick goals off the rush. I give Mario Ferraro a lot of credit. He was sick as a dog all day long, tried to compete for it, and, you know, he was almost in tears leaving. I feel bad for him because he's a competitor, and, you know, just, you know, I liked how we bounced back. Listen, that the team has a, the record they have because they deserve it and they've earned it. And, you know, it's 2-2 and our power play just hasn't been up to snuff lately. It's something that we've got to get out of. Uh, and, you know, kind of hurt us a little bit again tonight. We weren't able, I thought the last one we had a little bit of mojo off it. Then they get the power play, they score. And then the fourth one was a demoralizing goal because we had that great few, two, few shifts. We had some pressure and had chances to make it 3-3. And, it's happened a lot this year. They go down and score and make it four to two. So that was uh, that was the end of it. If you need a reason as to why you should believe in the future of the San Jose Sharks, you look no further than what happened at the start of last night's game. Boston quickly put them in a two nothing deficit, and that game could have been over and done with and gotten real ugly real fast. Instead, the Sharks made a game out of it and legitimately pushed the best team in the league. Yes, that's more of a moral victory, but I'll take the team that continues to have fight as opposed to a team that rolls over and gets blown out. And believe me, when that game was 2-0 that quickly, I started having flashbacks to last year's March loss to Nashville in which the Sharks gave up eight goals. And the way that Boston has been playing lately, they have that buzzsaw mentality about them where they can absolutely eviscerate any team at any point. And the Sharks were a little bit, you know, potentially ripe for an evisceration last night after having a very, very painful loss the night before in Anaheim on the road. Then they come home against a Boston team that has had multiple days off. I mean, there was the risk of that one getting out of hand. And lucky enough for the Sharks, and much to a credit to their game, they got a goal to get back into it in the first period, make it a 2-1 game after it looked like everything was going bad, bad, bad. And they continued to fight, and they were able to tie it up. And again, I don't know that I want to focus on moral victories, but I do have to pay attention to the fact that the Sharks 
do have a response, that they do have a fight, that they do have a spine. And I think it's important to take note of a response to adversity from a team that's already been through as much as the Sharks have this year. Like, it's not been pretty for San Jose oftentimes. It's not been a situation where you're like, ah, this is another chance for the Sharks to go out there and win. It's more like, here's another chance for the Sharks to not make as many mistakes. Here's another chance for the Sharks to not do as many of the things that have been their bugaboo up to this point of the season. And when they do go go against a team that's as good as Boston and they get down like that, you do worry what is going to happen next because, and we've heard it from head coach David Quinn this year, you know, there has been some fragility to the team. They have been able to, you know, get beat up pretty bad by a lot of teams. And last night, the Sharks, you know, when it looked like it was all lost, they actually, you know, hunkered down and had what I thought was a pretty solid performance and one of their better performances of the year. And it was a shame that the second period ended with them giving up a goal to go down 3-2 the way it did because I thought it was one of their better second periods of the year. I thought they were doing a lot of the things that you needed to do. And, you know, watching Boston last night, they had a a very simple game plan. It was be physical with the Sharks and Eric Carlson, whose point streak came to an end, uh, but be physical with Eric Carlson in particular. And Boston looked like they were very, very comfortable distributing that physicality. The one thing that was interesting to note was that they looked like they were a little bit surprised when the Sharks fought back and the Sharks delivered some of that physicality in return. Those are the things that I'm going to continually pay attention to and take note of because when you watch a team get back into it, when you watch a team try and reestablish certain aspects of their game and the other team doesn't know exactly what to do in response, that's a good sign. Again, Boston, they love to play the role of the bully, and I don't mean that in the you know them doing anything morally wrong, but they love to push you around. They love to be the more physical team, but they seem to not know what to do when the Sharks pushed back, and I thought that was a big reason of why the game changed from so much momentum in favor of Boston to the Sharks being able to reestablish themselves. The Sharks responded to that physicality and brought their own, and the Sharks were playing relatively sound hockey, and that's the thing that you look at Boston, they do so many little things well. The Sharks had to do the same thing in return. But you watch Boston, they're so fast to the puck, and they're so just overall organized, and they challenge everything you do. The Sharks have to take a lot of that out of the Boston game and put it into their own game consistently, because when the Sharks do the little things well, they seem to have good performances. And last night, because Boston was forcing them to be, I won't say more conservative, but you you knew that if you made a mistake, Boston was going to make you pay for it. I'll put it that way. And so the Sharks played an intentional game. And I mean that in the sense that there was a lot of intent to what they were doing to try and make sure they mitigated their mistakes and did not let Boston have other great opportunities and did not let the game get away from them. And I think that's an important distinction to make in what we saw from the Sharks last night because there are a lot of teams in the NHL that go down 2-0 to Boston and that game gets out of hand and it's a laugher. But the Sharks, they responded. And I think that's one of the things that you want to see at this point of the year because the Sharks are not a bad watch. Like, that's what makes this year so frustrating is that, you know, they are a mistake-prone team. They shoot themselves in the foot, which is what makes them bad. But it's not the actual hockey most of the time that makes them a a bad team record-wise. Like, for a lot of what we see with the San Jose Sharks, we get to see a pretty decent team that puts up a fight and gets to be in games. And occasionally there are bad losses. Yeah, for sure. But the Sharks are oftentimes their own worst enemy. And I would say more often than not, they are on their, their own worst enemy. It's not just oftentimes. It's like the reason they lose games, you look in the mirror. 
It's not so much that the other teams are better. It's not so much that they can't compete with the opposition. And so you do that against Boston last night, who, again, is one of, if not the best team in the league right now, and they certainly are record-wise. But, you know, you have that type of a game from the Sharks, and you think, okay, maybe it's not as far off as you think, and that the Sharks, that if they get more high-quality players, if they get more depth, that they have more ability here sooner rather than later, that it can turn into something that can compete. And right now, it's not there yet. I'm not trying to, you know, point out otherwise, I'm just saying that for the time being, the Sharks, although their record is poor, they are not as far off as I think sometimes we want to think they are because, yeah, it's painful to watch them sometimes in the sense that they're not winning, but it's not an awful hockey team by any means. Like, I have watched teams just get skated off the ice in this league and, you know, in my entire time as being a fan um, since the Sharks started essentially in 1991, I've seen some really bad teams. The Sharks team is not one of them. You want to go back to year two of the San Jose Sharks and a lot of those games that I was listening to Dan Rusinowski on the radio, uh, that was a bad team. This is not what that team is. This is a team that has holes and is trying to overcome some of uh, the fact that they're their own worst enemy oftentimes. But it's, again, far from being the worst thing that I've ever seen and far from being the worst thing that you've ever seen. I mean, if we talk about you know, Bay Area all-time bad teams. This team isn't even the conversation, not even close. They're just simply not a good team. And when you're not a good team, especially in as punishing a league as the NHL is, it's going to be glaring in terms of your record. And that's why the Sharks only have, you know, a handful of wins up to this point. And, you know, listen, 12 is a little bit more than a handful, but when you've played 41, it's not nearly enough. And when you've had leads in so many of these games, and when you've had opportunities in so many of these games, and when you've been your own worst enemy, more often than not, there is pain associated with that, of course. And I don't think that it's ultimately going to get better. I would you know, be stunned if this team made a second half run. They got them back into the playoff picture. I wouldn't hate to see it, but I would be stunned. I'll put it that way. But where they are right now is tough, and there are hard decisions on the horizon, and it is not always the most invigorating and exciting thing to do and sit down and watch the Sharks because you know there could be some pain involved in the next two and a half, three hours. But at the same time, you do think that, okay, if they can put some pieces together, if they can get more depth on the bottom six, if they can figure things out and stop committing so many of the mistakes, then you know you do think that being on the playoff bubble isn't too far away. And then if you can get on the playoff bubble and get out of some of your salary cap Issues you can keep building towards the future and think to yourself, okay, this team could start contending if those young players, maybe not contending, but getting into the playoff picture. If the young players start developing, which of course are always more cap friendly deals, and you start having more of that build that's natural. And then you can start talking about what you want to become as your team identity. You get a better idea of some of these uh, next generation stars. And you start building that next generation team while still incorporating some of the veterans that you have on this squad. Like, I don't know who's going to be there for the Sharks when they get into the next couple of years, because obviously we talk about Timo Meyer potentially being on the block, Logan Couture. There's been chatter about Eric Carlson. There's been chatter about, you know, everyone. And that's from Mike Greer, except for Tomas Hurdle. You know, he essentially said that everybody is potentially on the block except for Hurdle. And so, that is one to pay attention to. That is something that you have to acknowledge that, you know, these players that have made up the core pieces of the Sharks for so long, they might not be here for too much longer. I mean, we've already seen Brent Burns go in the offseason, and so I think there is more change on the horizon. But 
I do think that when you look at Nico Sturm, like that's a player that I would love for the Sharks to build around for the future and have as part of the future because he's such a hard worker when he's out there on the ice. You know, he echoes what you see in Boston. Boston, their top line might be their hardest working line, and that's the kind of mentality that you need out there to win in the NHL, to bring that aspect to your game, to try and have your top stars be your hardest working line out there. I mean, if you want to make the comparisons to what we've seen out of Tampa and their top line, or if you want to uh, make the comparison to Colorado in the last year, you know, they would make the opposition work so hard for every shift that they were out there on the ice. You know, you have to look at a team like Boston and see what you can take away. You have to look at a team like Colorado, at a team like Tampa, at a team, you know, like what Vegas is doing right now. You take and you pick and you look at what you can do with your own team that echoes what you see from some of the best teams in the league right now because that is the the way that you get better in addition to your own skill set, in addition to your own coaching set. Like, you have to look at the teams across the league that are having success and ask yourself, what can I do to cherry-pick and incorporate that from that team into my team? At least if I was David Quinn, that's what I'd be doing. I'd, be, I'd still be sticking to my system, to my guts, to my roots, but I'd also say, you know what? What can I learn from the successful teams in the NHL? And that is going to be a big part of what the Sharks do going forward, especially as they're incorporating a lot of young talent. And high-end talent is obviously a huge part of the picture for what Boston does right now. I mean, they've got a number of talented players out there on the ice at any time, and they can put that to their disposal combined with some very nice talent that they have across the ice. But for the Sharks, they don't have that same level of talent anymore but they're trying to build themselves back up to it. And I do still look at, you know, players that can be built around. And I like that, you know, Nico Sturm seems like he's a player for the future. I liked what Luke Cunning brought to the table. Really unfortunate that he went down with the knee injury. Um, you know, obviously you do look at some of the younger players like Mario Ferraro, even though he's, you know, more of an established player at this point of his career. I do like what his future holds. Um, I don't think the Sharks, again, are that far off in terms of, being capable of doing the things that they need to do. Beyond that, the issue is that they need to not have certain aspects that continue to permeate their game, like the errors, like the turnovers. They also need to free up some cap space as they look towards the future, which means, like I alluded to earlier, Mike Greer has painful decisions in the future to make, but those decisions will ultimately allow the Sharks to take those greater steps forward for the future. Because, yes, there are players who have been a huge part of the Sharks' past on this team, like Timo Meyer, like Logan Couture, potentially Eric Carlson as well. And I would imagine that there are going to be painful and tough decisions made by Mike Greer. I mean, that's what he was brought in to do. I was talking about this with Corey Massasak last week, and one of the things we talked about is there were a lot of people who were happy for Mike Greer to get the job with the Sharks. The flip side of that is that they were not envious of the position that he was in because there were so many tough decisions that he was going to have to make in terms of getting the Sharks on a course correction. And right now, I think that that's you know, what he is probably in his final stages of trying to determine. Like, who can he look at? Who can he bring? Who can he keep? Who can he trade? Who can he flip? I mean, these are, it's not easy. There's a lot of history with a lot of these players, especially a guy like Logan Couture, who last night had a great game. I thought he was playing very well, and I've loved Logan's game all year long. I love how hard he works. I love his role as the captain. I think that he does a great job. I think he's been in a very, very difficult situation from day number one because the Sharks 
immediately lost talent the offseason that he became the captain. A big part of that was the departure of Joe Pavelski, and it was put on him to try and rectify things and be part of a culture of winning, even though the talent was already being diminished. But you know what? He faces the music. And he's been a huge part of what this franchise has done, and so I appreciate everything that's going on with him. And I, listen, I have no idea what is going to happen to him. I don't want you to think that I do, but you know, these are the things that I'm sure that Mike Greer is thinking about. Like, how much longer is Logan Couture going to be good? You know, how much longer is Eric Carlson going to be able to play at this high of a level? Can you extrapolate that over the next couple of years? Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. You know, what do you think about Timo Meyer in terms of the timeline of where the Sharks are at? You know, Timo Meyer's not that old, but, you know, if you lock him up, where are the Sharks going to be in their timeline? Same story with Tomas Hurdle, even though it, it appears that they're not going to be moving Hurdle, although they could be doing that just to raise the price on him, I suppose. But again, these are the tough decisions. And then as much as I like a guy like Nico Sturm, if an offer comes in for him from a contender, do you think Mike Greer shies away from that? I mean, that's why it gets difficult, because they, they're not at, that far off. The Sharks are not a terrible, you know, abysmal team by any means. However, they are not close enough right now to where you can lock up pieces for the future because there has to be an air of flexibility to try and build for that future so that you can make sure that you can develop that young talent so you can surround them with other established talent with free agent signings and put yourself in a position for long-term success. Because as much as we all want the Sharks to get back into it, they need to be set up for long-term success before that short-term success. Short-term success, short-term you want the Sharks to go on another 15-year run of extended contention, or at least that's what I'm hoping that Mike Greer can build. All right, we are going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to get into some reflective post-game sound as the team looks back on the official first half of the season. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Bruins throw it around, back of the way at the point. Exchanges now. Berger on the shot. There's a good block again by the Sharks. Ferraro, Marchand, top of the right circle, holding the puck. He's got a goal tonight. Throws it across the seam. Could be trouble. Pasternak shoots. Score. You give Pasternak a space like that, and he's going to let one go. That is a beautiful shot by David Pasternak, and so it's a power play goal for Boston, and the Bruins lead three to two with 3:15 left in the second. Yeah, it was close. I thought. Uh... You know, obviously they got off to a quick start there with two uh, two early ones. Um, we fought our way back in the game. They got a power play one there, and our power play had a few good looks. Um, Would have loved to get one on that power play. I, I hit a crossbar, that crossbar <clears throat> in the second there, but uh, yeah, that was that was kind of the difference. And that top line uh, made a good play on their fourth one. Um, we had some looks down the stretch, so close game. Um, they're a good team. After Boston went up 3-2 towards the end of the second period, Logan Couture slammed his stick into the ice after that goal was scored because you felt right before that that the Sharks had their own chance 
to try and go up by a score of three to two. And, you know, that's just the frustration for Logan right now. Like he is doing a lot of the things right and he is leading by example. And he was right there after the game, ready to face the music ready to take it on the chin from the media. Not that the media in the Bay Area is going to particularly put it on his chin, but, you know, he was ready. He was ready to speak for his team, and he knew that the early deficit they got in was a, a big, big problem. But instead of letting it get out of hand, they fought their way back into it. They made a game of it, and they pushed Boston. And I think there's a lot of credit um, that needs to be given to Logan Couture and the team for their mentality to not let that one get away. Because, it, listen, it would have been easy to let it get away. Boston has the ability to steamroll you like that. And like I said, talking with Fluto Shinzawa yesterday, the Bruins are a buzzsaw right now. And the Sharks, you know, had to be careful to not let that team absolutely cut them in half last night. And the Sharks, again, started off by getting, you know, getting sawed in half. But then they quickly recovered and they made a game out of it. And again, that does not happen by accident. That happens because they have a good team mentality. Yes, they lack the finer points. They don't always make the right play. They don't always make the right decision. They don't always do the you know the right play at the right time. But they still do have the mentality to get themselves back into games and to put themselves in a position to where they will not get blown out. And that's, again, a credit to the leadership, a credit to Logan Couture, a credit to David Quinn, and overall just the organizational ideals that I think a lot of these guys have learned from Logan Couture and are trying to incorporate into their game if they're new to what it means to be a San Jose Shark. And that, to me, was what was on display last night against the best team in the NHL, which is no easy task. After the game, one of the things that all the Sharks that spoke were asked about was how they incorporate aspects of Boston's game into their own. Head coach David Quinn. Well, we're getting there. I think their quickness off walls, how fast they play. You know, and I've touched on this a lot where, you know, playing fast isn't just going up and down the ice. It's play to play, how quick you play. And the other thing is the defensive pride. I mean, you know, there's a level of pride without the puck, just like there is with it. And that's when you really have something, when you, have that, when you can match, you know, your intensity and your commitment without the puck as you do with it. And we're closing the gap. We're getting there. But, you know, we're not there yet. But we're going to get there. And Logan Couture. Well, they play fast, and they, uh, especially the the top line, they use the, the middle of the ice and the offensive zone extremely well. Those guys have played together for a long time. They're all three smart, skilled, top-end players on the line. And uh, If you don't make good plays at the puck and you turn it over and you don't pick them up in the slot or around the net, they're going to find the back of the net, and unfortunately that's what happened. And James Reimer spoke to what he'd like to see the Sharks take away from the Bruins. Uh, yeah, I mean, what you have over there is, is you know, a, a veteran team and, and a team that has been <clears throat> playing the same way, I think, for, <laughs> I don't know, 15 years, you know, they've, they've got a culture that um, probably, um, you know, very similar to, to this team's culture, um, you know, up until uh, a couple of years ago where they had the same core and same thing and, and kind of just day in, day out season and, you know, they just do the same thing, and, and they're confident, in, and they and they just they just stick to it. And so, um, you know, they just have that that veteran presence that they just make the right play, and, and, and they work hard, and and they just they just keep chugging. And, and right now, um, you know, they're just they're just you know they're earning they're earning their luck. But you know, obviously, when when you when you play well, you get bounces, and, and things just seem to go your way. So. Um, you know, I think that's that's the case for them. They just they just play their game and and they trust it, and and good things are happening for them.
Yeah, I mean, that is one of the things that you pay attention to with Boston is they are where the Sharks were, and they've been able to extend their window and very much credit to them for doing so, but that's what the Sharks are trying to get back to. I mean, it's it's a weird thing where you're trying to say the Sharks are in the process of trying to go back in time, right? Like, they want to bring about the culture and the consistency and the star power and the ability to do everything at all times. That's what the Sharks did. They were a well-rounded team. And if you watch Boston right now, it seems like they can beat any team in any ways. I mean, there have been games where they've dropped seven goals on teams, and there have been other games where they've won, you know, 2-1 or 3-2 in overtime. And the thing is, the Sharks are at a point right now where they cannot win any game in any number of styles. Like, the Sharks have to have everything go right for them to get a win. And they've got to figure out how they can get back to where they were. And obviously, that's going to be through some very tough decisions and bringing in and developing young talent because that's what Boston has done for all these years. But the other big thing that you see is the speed from Boston. They're always the first to the puck, it seems like. They are always going to be able to make those passes and get the rush going and be down on the other end of the ice, it seems like, before your defense can get set. I mean, those are the things that the Sharks have to look at and say, how can we draft and design and build a team that can do these things that you need to be successful? Because we all know that speed is paramount in the modern NHL. Now, last night was the 41 game mark for the Sharks, the official halfway point. What does Logan Couture see after 41 games? Just a lot of close losses. Um, So... Uh, the optimist says we're we're writing games, but the pessimist says that uh, we've only won 12 of them. So uh, losing sucks. We've lost uh, too many games here for the last couple of years, and uh, it's tough. But uh, you know, for us, what we can do is c- just control moving forward. Um, you know, from tonight, we we played a very good team, pretty close all night, and could have gone either way there for a while in that game. So. Uh, we'll take the uh, the positives. Um, we have a day off tomorrow, but uh, get to work Monday, and then we got a tough back-to-back. So this league is uh, is not forgiving. Um, if you feel sorry for yourself, then uh, then things get uh, can get really bad. So that's uh, that's what I'm proud of, of of this group is we fight and we fight uh, extremely hard in, in all these games. Um, you know they're they're close games. Uh, you can never uh, doubt how hard we work. In my opinion. Same question to James Reimer. Um, oh boy, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I like I, I like the way, you know, I think we're playing overall. Our our, our structure's better. Our 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 compete has been good. You know, obviously you have off games and, and stuff like that, and, and and we've struggled in different parts of the game, but but I think we're we're building a foundation where. Um, you know, um, like Boston over there. You know, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight, and and it takes it takes um, a commitment to 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 excellence. You know, every day, whether it's practice games, you know, the first five minutes of game or last five minutes of game, it's it's learning and growing. Um, you look at, you know, all good teams. You know, there's 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 growth and there's there's adversity you face, and, and you grind and you and you learn how to win. And and I, I think. Um, the first half of the year so far, we've we've instilled um, positive things into our game, and and um, you know if we, we keep growing and, and, and keep committing to it. Um, you know, eventually the results are going to start coming. And head coach David Quinn. I think it was us creating our identity and how we want to play, and you know that team tests you. Like even when I was at the Rangers, you know when you played the Bruins, it was a test. I thought, you know, when you went up against them, you found out. 
you know, your compete level. You found out what you were willing to do in your one-on-one -on -one battles. And, you know, and that's what we're going to continue to work on. We're going to continue to do that for 60 minutes. The consistency is something we've got to do a better job of. And like I said, we've, we've made some strides and we're ready to make the next stride. We're going to keep working on it. And I will totally agree with David Quinn. Strides have been made. The team is playing better than they were a month ago. But at the same time, it's still not equating to enough wins. And he talked about, you know, the more idea of bringing in some of those players that you see on Boston that have that grit, that grind as to what they're trying to build towards. Yeah, that's the goal. And, you know, I think we've got some of them here right now. I think, you know, we're, we're going in the right direction. And you know, the level of frustration can get very high when you lose the way we have and you lose as often as we have uh, this season. And, you know, it's a frustrating situation because, uh, you know, we've done a lot of good things, but at the end of the day, it's about winning and losing. And, you know, we're going through a process. You know, you got to go through adversity before you achieve your ultimate goal. And we certainly are going through our fair share of it right now. And, you know, I, I love coaching this team. I, I just, I really do. These guys are, they come to work every day. Uh, they ask, they do what we ask them to do. They stick together and it's just a great group to coach. And, you know, we're going to get through this. I don't know when. I've said this a lot. We are. And we're a work in progress, but we continue to work together. And, uh, you know, we'll take a day off tomorrow and get back on Monday. And to take a look at that upcoming schedule for the Sharks when they get back to it on Monday after taking today off, Tuesday they are going to be in Arizona taking on the Coyotes. That is night one of a back-to-back and then on Wednesday night, they are going to be in L.A. taking on the Kings. They get Thursday off, then back home Friday night hosting the Oilers. And then they get a weekend off, no games on the 14th and 15th, before being back at it Monday afternoon hosting the Devils on the 16th, a 1 o'clock start. All right, we are just about out of time, but be sure to be back with us Tuesday afternoon on the buildup, as well as Dan Rusinowski's Teal Report and the Morning Skate, which is done by Dan and Drew Remenda, as we get you ready for Sharks Hockey against Arizona. We get two nights of back-to-back -back hockey taking on Arizona and then L.A., which represents the official start of the second half of the season. All right, thanks for joining me this morning. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.